Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 7, Episode 31, Billy Tukey and Fraser Campbell. Welcome to Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name is Lennon Santana, and each and every uh, show we talk about Comic-Cons, con culture, and all of those fun stuff and nonsense things that we get to see at such shows. And we get to talk to some fantastic people as well, which is exactly what we're going to do today. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please welcome Mr. Billy Tukey? You're not Italian. You did that in our interview, too, when we were in London. I'm, I did. <laughs> Panel at MCM, I did the spotlight, and it was the first thing you slapped me down on. And you absolutely no, right. it's all right. It, it you know, all well, well, here's a funny story being that you're an Englishman and you referred to me as Billy Tukey, and it's Tucci, but I too am an Englishman. My father is, Eng is English, they're from outside of Wolverhampton. Um, all right. uh, you know, my grandfather emigrated uh, to the United States, I think, in 1930, and I was born in Elliot, so I'm actually an Elliot. So my officially my name is William Elliot Hyphen Tucci, but I grew up as Tucci because my father had died in an accident before I was born, and my mother remarried, and I was raised by Tucci in this very Italian household. Um, but then when I got older, I wanted to honor the memory of my birthright and my family, and my you know. So I uh, I officially changed my name back to to combine the two. But I am an Englishman and proud of it. You know what? Does that actually mean then? I mean, if you came hailed from that neck of the woods, from Wolverhampton, does that mean that you could in fact be a distant relative of Alan Moore? Could your paths have crossed at that point? Oh, could you imagine? I didn't know that. <laughs> I know Mike Perkins is from that area, and, and I mean, you'd, have a, you'd have a very bushy beard if that was the case. I think it just runs in the family. Yeah, I, I, I can't grow a beard, and that might be—I don't know. I'm Sicilian, on half Sicilian, half Italian, with a little bit of French, but we don't tell too many people about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm, uh, and I found some cousins who live uh, uh, in uh, Stafford von Avon. You know where. Um, you know, yeah. Shakespeare thing and and uh, sent me the whole link of my whole family and I am Daniels uh, and uh, that's that was my mother's side I think and then I was I think we they were Lowland Scots and they were kicked out of Scotland and made their way to Wolverhampton and a funny story is is I had asked Mike Perkins well what's Wolverhampton like and he said well there's a a famous story of when Queen, Queen Victoria's train. Uh, you know, railed by Wolverhampton, she ordered all the shades be pulled down. <laughs> you know, um, I like to come from a place. Bad, like, you know, it's not that bad. I've been there. It's okay. No, well, I guess back in the day, it was real industrial and all. Very and I so. like that. So, friends of mine, I'm I'm an Arsenal fan. Uh, that uh, a, a friend of mine, I had two retailer buddies of mine, and we were in Florida at a convention one time, and, and I'm like, well, what's my football team? And one was a Chelsea fan, one was an Arsenal fan. And uh, so, like, you got to like Chelsea, you got to like Arsenal, et cetera, et cetera. And then about three weeks later, arrived was an Arsenal kit in the mail, a professional one with my name on the back and my number 13 because I like number 13. And uh, so I've been an Arsenal fan ever since. But I got to tell you, I got to get myself myself a, a Wolves kit. You know, I got to get a Wolves jersey. 
Well, uh, if I can bring one over, well, uh, obviously that's going to be the awkward bit. <laughs> oh. Actually, getting over to you to uh, to get them back to you. Well, if you do that, I'll get you a New York Islanders hockey jersey and turn you into a UK New York Islanders fan. That's my hockey team. Is that is that you? You just oh, that's to, my, uh, yeah, that's what I watch. I mean, you know, I watch. I, don't know, I guess I watch the History Channel or you know, and and um, hockey. <laughs> that's what I watch on TV. Uh, you know, because so I, I think I finished Netflix in this past six weeks. I think I finished it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the, the old bird, the adage, oh, yeah, I finished the internet. I think I'm yeah. close. I think I'm close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I mean, obviously, in this scenario, in this current landscape, it is, uh, it's difficult, it's hard going, and it's, it's, or it's slightly different, certainly from, uh, from a UK's perspective, seeing how the, the, the Americans are doing it. Um, it seems to be state to state. Um, how what is New York? I mean, um, you, you, are you based well, in New York? At the well, moment? New York is New York is is really was the epicenter. Got hit the hardest, sure. and and the reason was was you had the the mayor of New York City was um, basically telling people it's okay. You could you can um, ride the subways, go to the movies, go to the bars. I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember the quote. Yeah, it was in March, you know, mid March. And then, then he says, no, I think, and then, of course, he changes tune two weeks later and said, well, we're going to have to quarantine, we might have to quarantine New York City. And then the mayor, the governor, our governor, and then he's like, oh, no, we're never going to quarantine New York City, go to work, blah, 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 and now they're really paying for it. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It, it's terrible. But I have friends who are um, nurses and doctors in the city, and the sad thing is, is a lot of it spread, of course, you know, in Chinatown and all too, but a lot of it spread with the homeless. Sure. Nobody cares about them. You know what I mean? And they really don't. They, you know, you walk over them and stuff like that. It's really sad. And and they were almost like a Petri dish, uh, unfortunately. And that's what helped then spread it to people and people going to work. People are, you know, because like, no, we're going to keep New York open. You know, the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps, all this. And I'm 60 miles east of New York City, so I'm out on Long Island. So my life really hasn't changed that much, <laughs> you know, because this is what I do. I come upstairs to my studio and I'm sitting at my art table and I draw or I, I write over there on, 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 the, on the computer, you know, my scripts and also, you know, I'll go to the store. But um, my kids are having a tough time because they've been home. I have two teenagers. My one, one of them's a, a senior. So he's really missing his senior year, you know, the end. Seeing, they haven't seen their friends in five weeks or so. Sure. Um, and it, you know, and just down the block and it's, it stinks, but you know, what are you going to do? You do what yeah. you got to do, right? I mean, I, mean I, 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 absolutely. I mean, from what I've been hearing and so, every single interview that I've done over the last sort of month or so, um, you kind of start and or I started the interviews at first with comic creators going, so how's the, um, how's the lockdown affected you? And they went, and each and every one, and I've changed my interview line from uh, since then, because the line has always been, well, um, I have irregular sleep patterns. I am just stuck inside doing my artwork or doing uh, script writing. In other words, nothing's changged. No. Because this, <laughs> this is what we do. We're, as, we're yeah. as antisocial as it gets anyway. Yeah, and that's the that's the one, you know, um, one of the sad- Saving grace. With, the, with comic conventions being closed, and of course this Saturday, yeah. I don't know if it's in the UK as well, but this Saturday would have been Free Comic Book Day. Yes, that's a great celebration of the medium of the industry. And you know, I mean, you know, I was I was set to sign with Peter David at my local store, and I just love him. 
and, and their whole family. And we just, you know, we, we don't live far too far apart. And he's just a wonderful person. And it's just, uh, it's kind of stinks to see a lot of the fans, the local fans that, that have really become friends and family. And it's just a celebration of the medium and the industry. And, and uh, it seems like that, the comic book conventions and store signs have really become all of our social networking because our social life, because we don't get out and you know, you sure. do such, an, such a cloistered existence to a certain extent because you have to concentrate. You have to sit there, you have to work. Um, and the time you get out to actually go to a bar or to a nice restaurant is usually the conventions. So we're missing that. But I think um, when it all comes back, I think it'll be a, it'll be a fun, a fun celebration and hopefully they can have a, uh, something for the retailers and maybe call it, you know, said a free comic book day. It's National Comic Shop Day or something. And we can even have this ad hoc uh, event. You know what I mean? That all creators and retail, when once the retailers can open their stores again, and we can just all celebrate it then. You know what I mean? Because I think, I think they all did publish and I think Diamond did receive their free comic book day books. They just can't ship them. Yeah, so it could be fun. Maybe who knows if it's in July or if it's in August, September. You know, it'll it'll be a nice homecoming. I think you got to think positive because if you don't, Absolutely. you know what it's like, right, Leonard? I mean, sure, it'll probably be crazy. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how it's going to come back and uh, how that engine gets restarted. I mean, yeah. what I was I mean I was going to bring this up uh, is the uh, the news two hours ago that. Uh, the temporary hospital in the Javits Center in New York will be closing next week. Yeah. Uh, which means um, they're returning uh, the building back to its purpose as a convention center. And I'm wondering just how post-COVID, how post-pandemic is it's how it's going to kind of get that en energy back in. But I'm really hoping, I mean, we've all, we're all really optimistic about yeah. uh, the, the future. And we're, we're definitely hoping about that. And also when you talk about the, the retailers, uh, it's also been really inspiring to see the industry and creators and retailers all coming together to support yeah. each other. Uh, I've been really inspired by the conversations I've seen online. Creators for Comics was a yeah. great. Uh, yeah, we've um, all been doing that. We've all been donating, you know, books, sketches, things like that. I have some sketch covers. I'll be doing one live today for uh, now for friend shops, you know, so I actually know who I'm actually giving this to. So this is for. Uh, Comics World in in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, and I've done several sketch covers, and I'll be they'll be doing a, a live auction. And any little thing I, any little thing that we can do to help, I did a. Uh, well, I have it here if I, if you don't mind me getting it. I did a thing in a Wonder Woman, so I've been doing these little sketch covers, and if that helps, you know, I did the Wonder Woman. I don't know if you could see her. I yeah, no, I saw that online. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's always fun drawing her, you know. And then I did the. And the thing is always fun. I would never want to draw him. You know, I would never want to draw the Fantastic Four on a monthly book. But I got to do the thing. You know, this oh, wow. I love. And, uh, you know, just if, if that could help the retailers, because I wouldn't, you wouldn't be talking to me right now if it weren't for the comic shop retailers. Absolutely. You know, I'd be painting bridges for a living. I wouldn't be painting bridges because I wouldn't be allowed to paint a bridge. So if we can do something to help them out, it's just really, it's just a tough time for all. And, and this, you know, I love, I'm, I'm an optimist. I am. Um, and I try to be, uh, you know, uh, like the, the whole, there's something that really got my goat and really infuriated me. If I may talk about it is the whole pencils down. Oh, don't, uh, yes. So when you've got these multi-million dollar companies hundred, worth hundreds of million that make hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And then they, I feel that they deem their creators 
so insignificant that they tell them, they order them not to work and they're not going to pay them once once Diamond went on a pause for two weeks. And you got to think it was only two weeks and the entire industry shut down. Now, I agree with what Diamond did because if the retailers can't sell their books, they can't open their shops, they're just going to go in even more debt as more product is being shipped to them. So I really think it was a smart thing what Diamond did was to hold off on that. But these companies are worth millions and millions of dollars and they're owned by billion dollar, you know, publicly traded corporations, and they have the audacity to tell their creators to stop working, we're not going to pay you, after only two weeks. And that really says a lot about the industry. And 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 that's why, you know, I, I love my, my you know, I, I just love my the, the creator spirit. I love the self-publishers. I You know, I've always been an indie guy. I've been fortunate enough to work on some really great books for the mainstream. But I got to tell you, um, I just find something like that really distressing and the fact that they actually did that and furloughing, you know, the the, the majors, the publishers, and st- the publisher of Marvel and things like that, that's that's there's really something wrong about how they're conducting their business, and it's not a good sign for the retailers or for the creators or for the industry in general. And it's I find it's just frustrating, you know. I want to say I at first I was a little sad, and then I got angry thinking of all my friends, these amazing creators. Who, are, who have, you know, no income now. And also being freelancers, it's tough from them because the government has given billions of dollars to families and things like that and the small businesses. But what if you're a freelancer? You know, it's kind of tough. You can't you can't claim anybody working for you. I mean, the mm-hmm. L.A. Lakers basketball team, this multi-billion dollar corporation, they get $4.3 you know, million. <laughs> you know, Harvard University, this 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 that has a $41 billion endowment they make, Six million, they get that from the government. And you have these people that are creating, you know, this modern day mythology that are driving pop culture and the biggest movies. And they're telling them to 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 put, you know, to, to stop working. We're not going to pay you. I think that's just a shame. And I sure. find it infuriating. I really do. And forgive me for the rant, but it's no, really, no, no. You know, I mean, I, I was, I, I've been inside too long. I can't even go to a bar and complain <laughs> with some of my friends about it. And I'm, 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 but I, I digress. I want, I should use the internet as a, as a positive thing, but it's just really frustrating, you know? I mean, yeah. infuriating. I, I was really curious, um, cause obviously the creators for comics that was based around, um, the support for the retailers and yeah. for the, the comic book shops. I'm curious as whether the next round of this, the next, um, inspirational group um hug as it were the coming together of uh, raising money is going to be more for the creators like i say those that are finding themselves um very much uh, those in indie uh those that may have lost um because we, we all know the the, the general uh, state of the industry especially for a large number of creators that they are working from paycheck to paycheck and they do struggle uh, if something like this comes along and really knocks them for the six i'm wondering if the next um, creators for comics round is going to be more for the artists and writers. Well, mostly the artists as well, because they are the ones that are really kind of up against the wall. Yeah, but you, know, you also have to think of the people that just write. Now, I'm fortunate because I write and draw, but I also sure. do my own things. I've always published. We did so well with She 20 years ago, and I married a really smart woman. <laughs> so I'm I'm fortunate, but um, you got to think of the, the artists, at least. A lot of the artists can sell their own work. You have to think of a lot of our friends who just write, you know what I mean? So maybe that's going to be a, that's a tough thing for them. They're going to go through a really tough uh, stretch as they're already going through. 
So hopefully maybe they could print out scripts, signed scripts, you know, original scripts of, of you know, Fantastic Four issue they wrote or something like that. And and that could help uh, for us, but, you know, to, to, to bring some income to them um, because uh, I'm, I'm in it for anything. anything. Anything anyone wants me to do, you know, donate some art, do some sketch covers, uh, I'm in. I'm all for it. I'm here for the industry. So. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, also really curious about um, – the, the, the way that the industry, like I say, everyone's come together and they've really kind of bonded uh, yeah. over these kind of campaigns. But also the, the conversation of um, people taking to the internet to really showcase what they're doing. Like you say, I, I personally think there's going to be a lot of um, uh, coronavirus comic babies, uh, some really great uh, projects that are being put together by people who have found themselves um, really kind of stuck in that um, at home, um, really wanting to put some great um, energy into their own projects. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be a lot of um, crowdfunding projects, certainly at the back end of the year, launched off things that people have put together in this period. It's almost got like a, a pressure cooker of all this um, this energy that people want to, if they can't express it elsewhere, let's get it out and do it either in a project, but also online as well. What you've done with your YouTube channel has been really uh, cool to see. And your yeah. live streams have been fantastic. Yeah, it's been fun. I, we, you know, because of this whole, I, I being a, a self publisher, I really was fascinated by the whole, um, you know, crowdfunding thing, and and seeing some of what my friends are doing. I mean, my goodness, you know, the, they're they're doing so well with it. And I'm like, you know, I always was a self publisher. That's what I did for a living, and this is what I wanna, uh, this is what I wanna do again. And I made that decision. But I kind of started the channel with my partner Niall Scala. We started the channel because I wanted to get into this too, and I wanted to learn more about Kickstarters and Indiegogos myself. And we've done over 130 episodes, I think. Um, and we, we debuted last year, and yeah. uh, the show's really grown. We've got like 2,000 hardcore subscribers. Um, and now, though, we're actually going to the next step. We're actually rebranding the page. We're relaunching it. Um, we're going to be expanding into uh, all things pop culture. We'll always keep, of course, our our weekly show focusing on crowdfunding creators, both great and small. And um, but now we're going to be expanding into film and television and and actors and and directors and people on you know on the edge of pop culture, but also comic book retailers, comic book dealers. Uh, distributors, you know, we've got all these great things lined up and we want it to be a nice, fun, um, uh, positive environment for anyone who wants to put it, who, who's interested in crowdfunding or who loves comics. And it seems to be doing really well for us. I mean, we've been told if we got, if we went negative and got into gossip and all that stuff, <laughs> we'd be growing even bigger, but there's enough of that. You know, I don't, I, we don't want to do that. You, you know? do, right. We, I mean, wanna, I mean, you know, we don't gatekeep. I, I'm, I don't believe in gatekeeping. Um, we have fun. Of course we have fun. I mean, we had Jimmy Pomiati and Dave Johnson on last week and those are always fun shows. <laughs> and it's kind of, well, yeah, they've got this new uh, campaign that they launched and, um, I really last minute, I mean, it was like six hours before I just went, would you like to just come on and talk about it? They came on and they kind of also took over at the back end of the interview, like say with Paul Jenkins. And it just turned into this great free for all. They are. Uh, yeah, get... Paul, yeah, Paul was on our show, and Paul is going to be one of my uh, co-hosts. Um, we have a segment called um, uh, it's it's called uh, 
what is it? The misadventure. It's called comic book uh, Hollywood nightmares <laughs> of all the <laughs> comic creators who get invited out to Hollywood and they fly us in business class or first class. I flew from New York one time to LA and then we, it's just this misadventures of comic book creators in Hollywood and just the stories that my friends have. And, and it's unbelievable. Oh my gosh, Leonard, it's so funny. And Paul and I were talking and uh, we just had so much fun a few weeks back when Paul was on our show, like you got to come on. We have to do this and make this a, another episode because we're streaming like three times a week. So we'll have our crowdfunding comic show, our mainstream show focusing on mainstream creators. We had Marv Wolfman on a few weeks ago and Larry Hama. Wow. Uh, talking to having George Perez on, uh, Joe Sinnott on, uh, you know, just start to really do that. But then we also have our one show about Hollywood, you know, the the com you know comics and film about just the you know just the nightmares that go on, you know, and the things that the producers tell you or these Hollywood executives tell you. It's 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 amazing. It's it's amazing anything gets done. So it's fun, and you have someone like Jenkins on. Forget it. And we're and we might have a few pops, you know, a few pints and a few pops. <laughs> while we're doing it. You know, nothing wrong with that. Fantastic. So. I mean, it, it, yeah, the, the way that everyone's kind of taken to online streaming and really kind of coming together and pulling each pulling other, other you know, picking each other's brains mm -hmm. and really getting lots of really great content out there, I think it's just, uh, it's been great to see. Like I say, the, the channel that you've grown has just been uh, so inspiring. Um, but I'm really curious to see now as to what the next level is, uh, what the next step is. And like you say, whether it's going to uh, expand to a way of retail, perhaps, or, or some way of, um, is it really kind of, is there some money in that live streaming or is it more just a case of, well, it's good to have shows. I mean, there's some shows. I mean, you look at, you know, uh, Ethan's show, Comic Artists for Secret, he's got 130,000 subscribers. So that turns into a type of business. I mean, look at these YouTubers. You know, hopefully you'll be, you know, the Englishman in San Diego, your YouTube show will be will be huge. And then this is what you can do full time is just do your YouTube show and and uh, and have guests on and, and um, you know, talk comics, talk fun, talk entertainment. Um, but I think so. I think that it, there's a there's a great chance for that to really happen. A lot of creators are now turning to to YouTube to talk about their 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 uh, their own works. Um, we're doing something. I'm doing a segment on my own YouTube channel, which is called Art the Artist Alley with Billy Tucci, and it's just called Rejected. And it's a lot of my pitches that that uh, for one reason or another, you know, were rejected by the publisher. So it might be kind of cool to talk about that and talk about news and rumors. And, you know, I don't want to get negative. I really don't. Uh, you know, I'm not into that. There's enough of that, you know, especially with, you know, a lot of um, people that aren't creators say, you know, it's very good to critique. You know what I mean? A, a someone who creates something when you're not doing it yourself. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, 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 I think that's very, it's, it's difficult for myself because I'm not a creator. I, I don't do... Uh, I'm not an artist. I'm not a writer. Uh, so I am very much a, an enthusiastic fan. So yeah. I find, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's very difficult from, for, but, for but some to weigh into passion. it. I mean, you could have a lot of passion, you know, like uh, as, as a fan, you are, you do have, you know, we all got into this industry because we're fans. Sure. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, uh, I was on the Cubit school stream last night and You've been it, everywhere, it, man. Yeah, well, why, what am I going to do? <laughs> so, um, I make sound effects when I draw anyway. I might as well talk to, to friends who are, you know, halfway across the country. But, um, you know, none of us, all of us got into comics that I know. All of my friends that are professionals, 
that are, that are in comics, either on the distribution end or on the even on the uh, the the media end or on the creative end. We all got into this because we were fans. We're fans first. We're not like Jack Kirby, you know, smoking a cigar, banging out two pages a day so we can get on that 515 train home, you know what I mean, out of New York City. You know what I mean? It was a job for him. For us, we're like, oh, my God, look at this, you know? So we are very passionate about it, and I, and, and I, and I love that. Um, I also think that's probably the, – and the fans are passionate. I think that's also one of the big reasons why print, comic book print media has – uh, sustained and done so well and not being taken over by digital as so much of normal print media is. A lot of novels, it's so easy to get on your iPad or your Kindle or something like that. And and there is a digital format that is a sizable digital audience for comic fans, um, but it's still nothing like grabbing that old, you know, that old comic, you know what I mean? And, and opening it up and, you know, and s smelling those pages, you know what I mean? And holding you know, holding a book, you know, there's still something boutique-ish, I guess. Maybe, maybe we'll become a boutique industry, hopefully a big boutique industry, but people love to, to possess and maintain and collect their comics and share them too. Well, I mean, I could turn my, uh, well, I could open that door and mm -hmm. the, 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 there's my uh, pool books in there. I've got shelves over there. I've got comics left, right, and center. And I, I, I agree. Uh, that I think I can't remember who it was that was online that was talking about this. And uh, talking about how um, I mean, you're saying like a, a like a boutique, um, in, uh, so like a, a industry, not industry, a, a fandom. But yeah. I don't think so. I think it's more the the the, the cornerstone of it all. Yeah, that I, feeling know, of a book in, in your I hands. Think a boutique, uh, like like a uh, a boutique. From my point of view, it's like we're a boutique yeah. publisher. You know what I mean? But people want to buy the books, sure. As opposed to just being a boutique publisher and having it digital. And there's nothing wrong with digital books. There's nothing wrong with, with web comics. I mean, there's Eisner Award for web comics, you know, now. But there's just something, like you said, the cornerstone, and, and you're exactly right, is the cornerstone is, you know, either the small comics or to grab these great, you know, you know the, the great omnibuses, you know, the great showcases, you know what I mean, like DC. And I love these, you know. Oh, let's deep dive into my shelf. <laughs> yeah, that's what Into the Blue Mister is saying. Uh, I mean, we, we'll go through. We'll go through one or two comments. But like I okay. say, Into the Blue Mister, that could be a big part of your uh, show, perhaps uh, a deep dive on Billy's shelf. I mean, the books you've got. I mean, I'm curious if you could pull like three books which are like highlights at the moment. Ones that oh. you kind of uh, really grab your attention. Okay, things that I well, I have go to. Well, there's fun things like what I'm. I got a uh, Danny Finger Ross book, A Marvelous Marvelous Life, and Danny signed it to me where is that he signed it somewhere in here so this is danny's bio on stan yep so uh, yeah i'm nice. a huge fan of danny's work so i i have his book um my lady death i got that i haven't read that yet by brian polito but i have you know my old stable mates i mean man i can go to things that i love you know and i have more so many there but these are just what <laughs> here now is you know of course one of my Bibles is, you oh, know, Cubert yes. is my God, I guess, my comic book hero. And of course, Lone Wolf and Cub, you know, the just, these are Dark Horse, right? Oh, first comics. Wow. This is so, this is so old. I had that. I've got, let me see. Let's grab something. Come with me. If you <laughs> uh, just where I'm at over here. Uh, what's this? I'm trying to find something that's different. A little something different. Um, Oh yeah, well, look at this. Of course, why not? You know, 
Oh, there you go. Like in, in my more inspiring books, I got a lot of Darwin Cook. I got, gee whiz, let's see. Let's <laughs> you see comics, or you want to, you know, my again, my one of my heroes, my Joe Kubert. And these are, oh, I wow. love to, I gravitate towards art styles which are so far removed from my own. Do you know what I mean? Like I just sure. love, you know, that's really what I think my style may be a little bit more realistic, I guess, um, just because I'm a, a reference nut. But then again, I love, you know, books like this and, you know, just things that I find a lot of inspiration in. You know, the Superman. Oh, the last wow. couple of days. I picked this up for like a dollar at a bookstore. I mean, it's just this marvelous work, you know? And uh, of course, what what's really encompassing all my time right now, let's, let's put that there. <laughs> you know, it's always a mess anyway now, now it's even more. Is, I'm, 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 I'm just encouraging you to wreck your studio. That's what I'm doing. Oh, why not? Who cares? <laughs> it's always a mess anyway. But this is something that is really near and dear to my heart. I have two of my favorite characters of all time are the Rocketeer, and Miss Fury. And I've been delving into this for two years now. And, and when I first saw Miss Fury 30 years ago, I just fell in love with the character. And it's June, but it's it's the first comic. If those of you don't know, Miss Fury is the first um, comic book published and maybe created, I guess that was published um, by a woman, uh, by June Tarpe Mills. Yeah. And she debuted six months before Wonder Woman. Miss Fury, and if you look, she is the original Catwoman, and it is just dynamite. It's stunning work. Um, she was a re really progressive. She was fierce um, in her storytelling and her art. They were, you know, these are strips, you know, Sunday strips. Oh yeah. Marvel uh, published it in the '40s then as collections, and um, I am proud to say, with the blessing of the Mills family uh, to be bringing back Miss Fury with the Joy Division next month. They'll be launching it as an Indiegogo. Dynamite will be doing it, and I'll be working with Maria Laura uh, Sanapo, uh, Sanapo uh, who is Great my artist. artist. She is wonderful, and we are fitting the book right into Miss Fury continuity because June Tarpe Mills, she took a, a break. I don't know if she was getting caught, caught up during the war. Um, Miss Fury had left Brazil. So she was fighting Nazis in Brazil and then came back to the United States to fight Nazis in the United States. But there was like a three, four month window in the summer of 1944. And that's right where our story takes place. Nice. So what I, I mean, I, I, I learned about, I mean, that was a, a strip that didn't come over to the UK, but I learned about um, June's work um, through a great documentary called She Makes Comics. Uh, which if you've heard of it, or if you get the chance to watch it, if, if you're watching no, this. I will watch it. If there's a link, I will. Very, really, really cool about the, the, the women creators over the, the course. And June is definitely uh, featured front and center right at the beginning of that documentary. Great piece of work. It's a one. Um, I'm going to write it down. She Makes she Comics. She Makes Comics um, from Sequart. Okay. Uh, they, yeah. Is it? It's um, a book. It's a book. Or it's, no, it's, a, it's a documentary. It's a, a hour, hour and a half. Okay, very, Maybe very, very cool. That I can find on YouTube or, or hell, I'll buy it. You know, I. I, <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it's on Amazon. I, yeah, it's, it's around. You okay. can find it. I love. It. Yeah, because cool. we wanted this book to be a real love letter to the memory of June Tarpin Mills, and Trina Robbins gave us our blessing. Debbie and I, my wife and I, had breakfast with her and Steve in san diego this past year and uh she was like yeah, i like you and she's, she's just a firecracker you know and but she's just brilliant and um 
she uh i think she signed she signed this one or that one she signed one of them for me and i just told them you know that i just love this character i want people to know who june tarpe mills is and if you look up miss fury it's it's credited to tarpe mills which is june's middle name because she couldn't be june mills because nobody would have published her book so she had to make them think it was a male and tarpe could either be a male or a female yeah um but it's it's just amazing um the story is bringing back all the original characters um it's not going to mess up the continuity at all it's going to slip perfectly in and um it's basically the story of the joy division and all of us know the band joy division yeah um but uh the, what the joy division was was in world war ii the nazis would when they pulled the, the jewish women out of the ghettos they separated them into two groups and one group went to the left towards that gate which was the work camp where they were at the striped pajamas, all that, and they were worked to death and starved. And then the the others who they felt were more beautiful, more attractive, some of them as, as young as 11, 12 years old, were sent in through that gate, and they were sent to Camp Joy. And they were quaffed, and they were taught manners and you know etiquette, and they were dressed beautifully, and they were fed well, but they were literally tortured, and they turned them into sex slaves for the SS for the most part. So my story is that Miss Fury is uh, sent on a mission behind enemy lines to capture the leader of the Joy Division and bring him back on war crimes. When, when's, that due, when's that due to launch? It's going to launch on May 27th through Indiegogo through Dynamite. It's a Dynamite book. I'll be just as involved as my own, but not too much because we're finishing up She, the Return of the Warrior book. But um, it's it's a real it's it's again it's it's a passion project for both me and Maria. Dynamite is is everything we've approached Dynamite with. They're like, okay, that's great. We were supposed to do that book through Dynamite two years ago, um, but just scheduling conflicts and things like that didn't make it happen. And we just felt that it was just too important to let it go or to even have it out as as you know separate issues. So it's going to be a premier format graphic novel over a hundred pages. And I'm just looking forward to it. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It deals with the very su serious subject of the Holocaust, of, of the Joy Division. But it, it, uh, it, it's also a real golden age, exciting adventure where, where, where um, Miss Fury, where um, Marla Drake will turn the women of the Joy Division. She liberates them and turns them into the Black Furies. And they almost it, it, they turn the tables on the Nazis a la like a female and glorious bastards. So wow. to me, it's fun. It's it's fun, but very respectful. But it's also kick ass, and and hopefully we can teach some people some history. That that I mean, it sounds fascinating. What what is it about Indiegogo uh, as a platform? For, I don't know. Uh, that's, a, that's, a dynamite, that's a dynamite um, uh, decision. I think dynamite is more uh, Indiegogo. I think they are. I think that they, they they're more comfortable with that platform. I have to say, with Indiegogo, with me though, is that we did. We launched, you know, everyone goes Kickstarter first. I have nothing against Kickstarter. I think Kickstarter is great. But we went through Indiegogo. We launched She Return of the Warrior, which is live now, simultaneously on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. And our Indiegogo, our Kickstarter, we did over $70,000. But with our Indiegogo that's in demand right now, we're over 80, we're, we're, we're like $60 shy of $86,000. So, um, I just I, I like the Indiegogo thing. I think you they, they take less money than Kickstarter does, but also it's really cool. And this is why we're leaning towards just going Indiegogo as opposed to doing both platforms 
for the, our next campaign, which is Shihotaro, just because it drove my wife nuts trying to do both campaigns. And she does all the <laughs> aspects of it. And it just drove her crazy. It's just a lot of work. Um, but the, the head of marketing of Indiegogo publicly reached out to me on Twitter because I had just said, well, this is kind of driving my wife crazy. And I think she's going to leave me if I do this again, both platforms at the same time. What should I, what would you guys like, Indiegogo or Kickstarter, if I had to do one? And it was kind of 50 50, you know, maybe a little more Indiegogo. The, you know, the fans are very passionate um, there. But uh, the, the head of marketing of Indiegogo reached out to me, per, called me up personally. Hey, Billy Tucci, we'd love for you to come over to us. So here, PM me, you know, you know, you know, direct message me. So I'm like, wow, that's really cool. So we'll see. We've got time. We want to finish fulfilling this book now. Um, we just put our trading cards in. Those are going to go to the printer this week. Uh, or, you know, a bunch yeah, well, of yeah, we were, we were talking about this before we went live and talking about how uh, the way that the current pandemic and the way that everything is really kind of stretched a lot of uh, projects out and the way it's all kind of dovetailing into each other. And we're into the uh, the season when uh, all the uh, the, the um, college books are getting printed and all the uh, – it's all, all kind of – it's, it's yeah, I mean, yeah. thousands of high schools and there's own and, 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 and it seems all the printers we use print the high school yearbooks. <laughs> so, of course, because they were shut down, they're just starting to open now um, or in a few weeks. But they've got a backlog of a lot of the of, of bigger publishers, the college yearbooks, the high school yearbooks. So they're kind of putting us little boutique publishers back. Um, but it's all right. It is what it is. You know, I mean, Fair what enough. do you do? Uh, it's unfortunate that we've that I'm a little upset that it's pushing our campaigns back. All of our campaigns are back are being pushed back now because we want to do three other campaigns this year. We'll probably just get in two campaigns. But, um, you know, what are you going to do? It's, it's, it is what it is, right? Let Absolutely. What are you going to do? Okay. It gives me time because I'm actually redrawing pages now. <laughs> I'm, like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to take my book to the printer in another three weeks to a month. Well, you know what? I'll just start. Let me, let me fix. I didn't like that panel. Let me fix that panel. And that's what I'm doing. You know, and I did with She the Way of the Warrior, number one, our very first book. I redrew every single page of that book at least once, at least twice. I, I redrew it at least once. So that, you know, and I'm like, ah, that's a little, and it, what's great is that I feel that what's, what's so much fun about publishing this book again with return of the warrior, bringing she back is that I, I'm falling back to the days where I think I'm a far better storyteller now. And I think I'm a far better draftsman now, but man, did I have, I was so passionate about this project, about this little book that I didn't care if anyone was going to buy it. You hope they did. You know, but you you just you drew it for yourself, and you drew it to make something that you wanted to read, and uh, and thank goodness the fans responded. And you know, as you know, you know this is I feel that comics are a service industry. I think that you are selling to the public, and it, give the people what they want. And if I can give them a, a better page, if I can redraw a panel or redraw you know redraw a whole entire sequence that that's 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 uh, more. Um, I don't know what do you say uh, that, that that reads better or is is it looks better? Um, why not do it? If I got the time, you know, I'm sitting here. I can't do anything. You know, I can't do anything. Anymore, so why not redraw the book? <laughs> Draw some pages. Fair enough. It makes yeah. sense. I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to be talking to uh, Fraser Campbell very shortly about his projects and about how um, sort of like the Kickstarter, uh, so almost the, this cottage industry. 
for comics creators. We'll get into uh, his conversation very shortly indeed. Um, but I mean, it's it's interesting to hear how you're um, approaching your um, campaigns and how you're still very much uh, optimistic about how they're going to uh, operate. And uh, obviously they've done incredibly well. I mean, you, you've had that uh, uh, silver anniversary last year for, uh, for yeah. G and uh, uh, that, the Vampirella, sorry, uh, cover. I mean, uh, uh, sort of like funding in 24 hours. I mean, obviously there's a, a lot of demand and it's great to see that people are, are very much uh, in, enthusiastic about seeing uh, more of her on the page. Yeah, I was, and, and if I may t pitch the She Return of the Warrior, um, the story, you know, she debuted 25 years ago, um, 26 years ago now, and our story is called Return of the Warrior, because I really haven't published her in 15 years, is the story is 25 years removed from when she first debuted. So Anna is now in her mid-40s, she's a single mother raising her teenage daughter, and her warrior days are far behind her, and then it all comes back. So it's kind of a comic character grows up, if you will. And I'm having a lot of fun. And, and you know, and, you know, I've been with my wife for 30 years um, and we met in college and she's never looked more beautiful to me. So why not have a comic character to be in her mid 40s or something? They don't have to be all 18, 20 year old waifs, you know what I mean? Wearing thongs <laughs> and all this stuff. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, no, no, no. But, uh, you know, I want I love the idea of ha making her a more sophisticated character and dress her more appropriately. And she's still a badass, you know? She's still, a, you know, a, a, with, you know, swinging with the Naginata and all that. And now, though, she's her, now she is there to protect her daughter. And, and it's a, sure. a really nice. And I've learned so much watching my wife with our boys who are growing up, you know. Uh, and it's it real inspiring to me. So Excellent. People will like it. And yeah, I, well, I'm, we're looking forward to looking forward to those campaigns when they uh, uh, come. But let's uh, go through a couple of comments very, very quickly that yeah. have come in. Uh, Andrew Richard uh, uh, Milius is saying good afternoon. Good afternoon, uh, so, uh, Andrew. Good, to, good to see uh, Andrew uh, checking in. Uh, you've got um, uh, into the blue mist. I think everybody's <laughs> trade paperback of Dark Knight Returns is battered. Uh, yeah. I think mine is actually missing the front cover. Uh, oh, the, really? the one that you showed oh, their mind. Mine's you missing. Know? How can it not? I know. You know, you know I never bought a, a, a collection of uh, – I bought the the, the um, Watchmen um, collections, the really nice ones DC did maybe a decade ago, the real beautiful hardcovers. Yeah. I bought those for Watchmen, but my Dark Knight is still my same old, you know, D, uh, DK – R, right? DKR, is that the cool kids say? DKR. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, I think everyone's copy is battered. Uh, Solicitous Meg, you also have to take into account the collector's mindset when talking about how print will never die in comics. No one wants uh, the next big comic in a PDF when the print version has physical value. You're absolutely right. When you have something in your hand, that's what you are. It's, it's great to embrace and really get into those uh, uh, into collecting books. I mean, I'll, I'll continue to do so. And I look forward to when we can get back into our comic bookshops to uh, to celebrate that. And we will so sooner sooner than later. We will. And again, I think if we open up with a real big celebration, you know, National Comic Shop Day, World you know, Comic World Shop Day. Day, I think you're absolutely right. A I think you're absolutely right. A, a, you know, a rebirth. Uh, you know, go to your shop, see what you've been missing, interact with 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 fans, and that's why there are comic shops because you want to be able to talk about just like we're doing. You know, have a cup of coffee, you know, while you're doing it, or a cup of tea if you're. You know. <laughs> Absolutely, a celebration well, is definitely on, on the cards. Good shops have. Oh, my Absolutely. buddy Travis Miller. He uh, he's uh, he's uh, he's in the chat right now. I see he um, 
he's got a, uh, a campaign going himself right now. Excellent stuff. Well, I mean, let's let's very quickly uh, we'll, we'll say thank you very much indeed for joining us because uh, uh, we do have another guest which we'll uh, talk to you next. But very quickly then, if you can tell us where's the best place people can find out more about these campaigns when they go live. Where can people find you online, Billy? Well, Jiminy Crickets, you could find me. I'm pretty much Billy Tucci on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, we have our Crusade Comics Facebook page. I'm sorry, Indiegogo page as well. And uh, our crowdfunding comics YouTube channel, which will be rebranded as Pop XP, the pop, the, the pop culture experience, uh, starting next week with some big guests. But uh, you can just reach out to me. I'm easy. I'm, I'm easily found. Excellent stuff. Billy, it's been a pleasure talking to you, sir. Thank you very much indeed for coming on. We could carry on talking for hours with you. It's, I know. It's great I know. To... Well, we will see each other in San Diego in 2021. That's the plan. We Absolutely. Will. There you and go. That's, that a, that's a promise. Night, we do that men's night. Uh, my wife goes out with a lot of the ladies, the men. We we hit a Greek place, and we have a few pints and some urzo, and we smoke some pipes or cigars, and we have a good time, and it's a fun we just talk comics and it's a, and, and film and everything it's a great experience we've been doing it for 20 years that's usually saturday night this would involve your nominee for eisner's on fridays <laughs> this would involve me actually getting away from the missus considering that we don't well, see each other during the day right and it's only it's only the evening we get to see each other so well, your wife, we'll, we'll see my wife my wife and the ladies they go to roy's usually the restaurant behind the marriott by the water there they have a nice ladies fun you know, I guess more civilized <laughs> dinner than we do, but we'll see. Fair enough. Fair enough. Billy, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, sir. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you online. Stay again. safe and my, my, my well wishes for you all out there. Okay, buddy? Excellent stuff. Uh, Billy, bye, take man. care. Good to see you, my friend. Okay. You too, man. Bye. Excellent. Bye-bye. Excellent stuff. Uh, once again, uh, it's great to have Billy. Oh, hang on a second. Let's just see what's doing that. Yeah. It's great to have Billy uh, joining us, um, and it's great to see that, that like I say, that uh, boiler pot of uh, real great creative talent out there, embracing um, new ways of reconnecting with their audience, uh, not just through uh, the traditional manners and methods. It's all about getting stories into the hands of uh, uh, readers, and that's where we now bring in our next uh, guest, Fraser Campbell's joining us. Hello, Fraser. How are you doing, sir? Hey, how are you doing? Not bad at all. Not bad. Sorry for the delay, but uh, oh, no yeah, we, could be, we could talk to Billy for ages. Of course, we? yeah. He's a, a yeah. great guest, and it's great to have him join us. Uh, but likewise for yourself, thank you very much indeed for coming on. Uh, because what we've been doing with um, this uh, the new shows, ever since we went uh, twice weekly, um, because mm -hmm. we were just doing on the Sunday our news updates about comic conventions and uh, comic cons, uh, at the end of the day, there's no shows. It's really difficult to obviously maintain that. So what we yeah. wanted to do is open it up a little bit, and we did the feature crowdfunding spotlight where we've been putting um, a great campaign into the spotlight and uh, kind of uh, pointing people in the direction of great uh, campaigns. You have got yourself one hell of a campaign on the way <laughs> at the moment, uh, which we have actually, uh, if I just uh, I should actually be able to put that on screen. Let's see what happens if I do this. Yes. Alex Automatic, uh, four and five, which is your current campaign. And if you just look at the numbers there, I mean, we're talking uh, a four, what fourteen hundred uh, pound goal, twenty six hundred. Not too yeah, shabby. Yeah, not doing too bad. Yeah, not too yeah, shabby. Well, yeah, yeah, we're delighted. Obviously, it's it's great to see. 
Uh, because obviously one of the big concerns we had uh, when we launched this one was we, we just had no idea how the, the sort of current situation was going to affect uh, the funding. You know, I mean, it's, it, it, in one way, you know, I, I obviously kept an eye on, on a few other campaigns and it didn't look as if uh, the situation was was causing too much of a problem for uh, uh, you know for a lot of campaigns, but at the same time, you kind of feel a bit strange, you know, asking for funding at a time where I guess a lot of people are, are you know they're they're having to watch every penny because uh, you know maybe they're not earning. You know, there's so many people in difficult situations just now. You know, uh, how long is it taking you to put this particular? Ca- I mean, it's something I talk about on the show. I mean, we want to support these campaigns and we want to sh- showcase um, the best kickstarters are out there. But how long does it take you to put something like this together before it's ready to hit live on um, a project? I mean, are you somebody that actually puts the project together before um, going live, or is it something that yeah, usually, be... yeah, 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 usually I have gone live with campaigns when uh, you know when the comic's only partially done, and uh, and the point of the funding is to. Uh, you know, obviously to pay for like lettering or colouring or something like that. Uh, but usually with Alex Automatic, uh, the way we like to do it is have it more or less complete uh, by the time we we start asking for funding. So it's pretty much ready to go to press now. Uh, we just need people who want to read it uh, to uh, to come in and uh, and you know help us fund. Uh, um, you know the print costs and the production costs, uh, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the point of of that. So yeah, the the, the script for this was written, oh, uh, tail you know more or less January last year. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, because it's a double issue, and James and I, James Cochran, the the, the artist, uh, James and I both work full time, so it takes uh, quite a long time to to put the to put the thing together so so james has sort of steadily worked on the on the pages over the course of the year and then as that starts to come together we start getting a, a colorist and a letterer involved and and they uh, start putting the book together and uh, and then you know once that's sort of uh, coalesced then you know we we start to think about getting a campaign together so that's uh, yeah that's pretty much how uh when it was kind of interrupted by the fact i was quite ill last year Oh, uh, it, it would probably have been, uh, uh, you know, I would probably have, have gone live last year sometime. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I do all this sort of campaign stuff. So, uh, but, but anyway, that's, uh, that, that sort of set us back a few months. But here it is now. And uh, and obviously it's kind of, you know, two issues at once. So, uh, you know, you, you know most there's, there's, we've got a lot of people who've, you know, been waiting for this for a wee while. But uh, hopefully, you know the, the the double issue means that they get sort of twice the twice the fun once uh, eventually hits their, their letterbox. Well, I mean, like I say, it's it is just this impressive. Um, I mean, it's doing great guns so far uh, with twenty four days to go. I'm just, it's what's what would you say is the the idea of success for the book? Uh, I mean, what would you uh, ideally like to see um, for the book uh, going forward? Well, I mean, basically, we tend to do what between 
215 300 backers uh, right. for for uh, you know for the Alex books which is absolutely brilliant and I don't uh, you know I'm, I'm really grateful for every single person that that backs it but it'd be great to get that a little bit more widely uh, circulated and get that out there to to more people it's uh, I think you know you get to a point with uh, you know you've got a, a, everybody I guess in comics or making comics has got a kind of social media circle where they can get the word out to a bunch of people uh, via like say Twitter or Facebook or something like that and then you kind of start you, you tend to start hitting a wall because you know obviously indie creators don't tend to have a great massive budget for uh, for marketing or anything like that uh, and so you know you just have to try your best to i guess to use all the channels that that you have available to you and uh, and try and get it out to to people first of all i guess the first priority is to try and get people who've backed before to come back by obviously delivering a good comic delivering a good campaign making sure you're hitting your um uh, you know your targets and getting books to people when you say you're going to do it that kind of thing uh, and then obviously just trying to build on that by trying to get the people who've backed you already enthusiastic about telling their friends and, and other comic readers about about the book, which a lot of them do. I mean, really, it's a kind of, word, you know, when you're at my level, word of mouth is absolutely, uh, you know, it's gold dust. So, uh, you know, when you get somebody enthusiastically sort of uh, supporting your book, you know, that, that that's absolutely brilliant. That's what we, that's what we strive for. Sure. Uh, I'm also really curious as well about when it comes to marketing books, because, I mean, obviously in this current climate, uh, people are looking at ways to uh, reach out to uh, a new audience and how to connect best. And that question I put to, to Billy about uh, the benefits of Indiegogo uh, over Kickstarter. I mean, why was Kickstarter the, uh, the platform that you decided to go for? Well, I think Kickstarter, first of all, when I first made a comic book, uh, uh, I think Kickstarter and Indiegogo did exist, but they weren't really very widely known at that time. It was maybe about well, five or six years ago. Uh, and certainly I didn't know very much about them. And I'm kind of, well, I guess a little bit timid when it comes to new technology. <laughs> Uh, like a lot of people are, I guess, uh, you know, in, in case, uh, you know, and, yeah, obviously these things, uh, you know, once you once you get into them, uh, you find they're usually quite simple to use, but uh, there's always that kind of techno fear. Um, so uh, the first comic I did, which was a comic book called Sleeping Dogs, I just funded myself. I saved up for a long time and, you know, paid the artist and paid everybody and then did a wee small print run by myself. And then obviously I realised having done that, that, I, I can't afford to do this, you know, long term without, you know, some sort of support. So that's when I started looking into Kickstarter. And again, to be honest, the Kickstarter v Indiegogo thing, it's uh, Kickstarter I'm just kind of more familiar with, really. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've got yeah, one of the things, and I guess I'm, I'm sure that's probably the same on Indiegogo as well, is that you can build a community sort of via your projects. And having done about seven or eight projects on uh, Kickstarter now, I now have like a, a, a community of backers who have backed, you know, the various Alex Automatic issues, the other stuff I've done like House of Sweets and The Edge Off with Ian Laurie and uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it, it's uh, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense to stick, to stick with the, 
uh, to stick with Kickstarter because I've kind of built a built an audience there, you know. Sure. I mean, I, I think that one of the things that really struck me about the, the campaign as well is that um, it's it's not out of the realm of um, affordability. It's not it's nothing too stupid in terms of um, even for like the higher tiers. I mean, it, it's sixty pounds for quite a considerable amount of uh, return uh, for what for what you're getting. But all the way down. I mean, like I say, if I'm just scrolling here on screen and just bringing. Uh, we're talking like three and seven and uh, sort of ten pound pledges. I mean, it's, it's yeah. nicely affordable for people to support, even if it's not a case of getting the full tier of um, uh, things that you can get uh, available. But it's just yeah. uh, the ability to show willing and show support to a comic creator. I think that's it's really inspiring. Well, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think the the, the... You know the the emphasis really is on affordability. Really, again, you know, sure. like I mentioned earlier, some people are having a hard time just now financially. So, you know, I mean, we've got a catch up level where, you know, we you can you can get every issue of Alex Automatic that say uh, that, that's been out so far. That's five issues, including two double issues, digitally for seven pounds, uh, which I guess if you're in America is what ten, eleven, twelve dollars maybe. Uh, and uh, you know, again, the, the the books are sixty pages, double issue. We're doing them for seven pounds. Uh, and again, yeah, I mean, uh, James's original pages. Uh, James doesn't like to charge an awful lot for uh, for original work. Uh, so yeah, there's original pages going for you know sixty pounds, and that is including a copy of the book as well. Sure, uh, he did. He did have. Uh, some commission tiers, but they're all gone. They go quick, uh, as you can if you sort of see his standard of his work. They go, they go pretty quickly. Uh, we do have a couple of variant covers as well, which is is great. Unfortunately, uh, we've got Warwick uh, Johnson Codwell has uh, done one for us, but uh, it's it's a work in progress at the, at this point in time, and uh, we'll, we'll review that during the campaign. Uh, but if you actually have a wee look on the campaign. Uh, you, you'll be able to see we've got a wonderful variant cover from Victor Santos, uh, which people can uh, can go. As, and again, we don't we don't charge anything extra for uh, for choosing the variant. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, affordability. We we just want people to read the book. Absolutely. So um, Alex Automatic, driven mad by illegal government experiments, a young agent believes he is the robot super spy hero of seventies TV show Alex Automatic. I mean, I've been. A follower of the uh, the campaigns up to now, uh, I backed the last two, um, and yeah, it's just it's. I wanted to uh, showcase and uh, let everyone know about this uh, campaign. Like you see, the, the it's twenty four days to go uh, on the uh, the campaign to go. Uh, do you have any um, ideas for any stretch goals? It, um, I mean, obviously you've, you've surpassed your original goal. I mean, have you got any mm. uh, other stretch goals and stretch um, rewards on the on the cards? Yeah, the stretch, the stretch goal uh, that we're sort of aiming for at the moment is uh, three thousand pounds. Once we get to three thousand pounds, then uh, we've got a pretty cool stretch goal. I think basically everybody gets uh, a whole uh, extra comic free, a digital uh, digital comic. James has been doing a, a sort of again just a kind of <laughs> quarantine. Uh, sort of project uh, where he's been doing a, a sort of panel a day book uh, similar to our uh, sort of offshoot book Prefix 63 which we did at the tail end of last year 
Uh, and uh, so that is, uh, that's in the pipeline. That's almost finished. And if we hit uh, £3,000, every backer will get a copy of that as well. As well as, you know, obviously the comic that they're paying for. So I think that's, that, that's not bad. You can't really say much further than that. Full extra book. Absolutely. So there you go. It's kickstarter.com projects, uh, well, kickstarter.com slash projects slash Fraser Campbell, Alex dash automatic dash four and five. The A, the and and five are all together. But um, we'll put the link up on, in fact, I'll put that into the, uh, the chat at some point and we'll uh, make sure that more people can get the, uh, the chance to have a look at it. Um, it is, uh, like I say, a, a cracking uh, campaign, and I think it's a testament of how well it's done, uh, of, of how uh, the community that you've built over the, uh, the previous campaign. So yeah, it's just been a pleasure to put that forward and uh, share, share that with everyone. Oh, thanks so, very much. Yeah, great. Thank you. So there we go. Um, where can people find you online and follow more about what's happening with the campaign and uh, what you're up to? Yeah, well, the best place uh, is uh, on Twitter. Uh, um, uh, you can get me at uh, Fraser C69. That's F R A S E R C69 on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on uh, your know, Facebook uh, as well, and the various. Uh, you know, you can find Alex Automatic on Facebook as well. But generally speaking, the best place to find me. Uh, chat with me and find out about what's happening with Alex Automatic or anything else that I'm doing is, uh, is on my Twitter account, which, like I say, is uh, at FraserC69. Excellent stuff. And I'm also liking that we've got a comment as well. I think this is off the back of uh, our chat with uh, Billy Tucci uh, about his uh, that shelf <laughs> of uh, books that he had. Uh, you've got some proper serious comic book uh, boxes behind you there, uh, Fraser. Absolutely, we do, yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you catching up with any reading uh, during our lockdown? Oh, yeah how, yeah. how are you spending your time with it? Well, uh, I, I mean, again, I, uh, you know, I know various people are having, you know, various different sort of uh, levels of uh, incarceration during this. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm what's known as on the shielded list in Scotland. Uh, because I've got a pre-existing health condition, so I I can't really go out at all. Sure. I can go out in my garden, but I've I've basically not been beyond my garden for now nearly six weeks. So starting to go a bit crazy, uh, which means I'm reading a lot of comics. Uh, I'm on the, the the Marvel Unlimited app a lot. I've been catching up on uh, the Immortal Hulk on that, which I think is a fantastic comic book. Uh, uh, that's well worth checking out if uh, if you haven't read that already uh immortal hulk i'm sure you know most of your most of your watchers yes. will uh, be well aware of that uh i've been reading the fantastic four grand design book uh by tom tom Scioli, i think it is uh enjoying that and uh, oh here's here's one uh catching up with my good friend uh Lucy Sullivan's book. Barking. Oh, barking. We, yeah. we, we have we have we have had Lucy on the show. Uh, oh, there you go. To, to, yeah. to talk about barking. Yeah. Oh no, it, that's a hell of a book. Uh, fantastic a book. stuff. A great autobiographical book about, uh, or semi-autobiographical book about uh, a young woman with uh, with mental health issues and how that affects her life. Uh, really, really cool stuff. Uh, Lucy and I are going to be working together 
uh, shortly. And uh, well, we are currently sort of putting together a book, but uh, you'll hear more about that in terms of uh, Kickstarter campaigns and the like uh, in the near future. Uh, that's going to be called Index. It's kind of a kind of downbeat sci-fi story uh, that I'm very excited, very excited to have uh, to have Lucy on board uh, for. Uh, so that's going to be great. But yeah, that's a that, that's been that's been fun. So yeah, lots of comics. That's uh, as you can see behind me. I've got the I've got I've got plenty to be getting on with. <laughs> I I. I got my first um uh, mail order delivery from my comic book shop uh, which is okay comics uh, it was the f they, he's mani uh, managed to get back into the stock uh, shop yeah they've uh, been the yeah they've they've been making a heroic effort to keep uh, comics going out haven't they it's been absolutely they bad have. i've been seeing I got, I, got, I got my first um like i said it was my first parcel uh, of books um on tuesdays which means i finally got my copy of the trigon empire Hardback. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. finally got hold of that. I've been book, screaming yeah. for that thing, um, and I've also got uh, yeah, I've got uh, the Robin 80th anniversary thing as well. Mm -hmm. So no, I finally got some comics in my hands. You have, I, I was almost in tears. You have no idea, man. It yeah, was, well, it's I good to get some I'm, new books. Yeah, I'm missing comic book stores so much. I'm missing. You know, the fact that there's already been a couple of conventions had to be sort of postponed here and, you know, we're, I'm, I'm, you know, we're hoping things like Thought Bubble go ahead in the UK and things. But, well, yes. But, you know, things are not looking great, but, you know, yeah, but we're, we're just so desperate to get to get uh, back in a back in the comic book store. But it's great, you know, that uh, I noticed that, uh, you know, Diamonds are going to start distributing again soon and Hopefully, you know, that's going to take the pressure off some of the, you know, some of the guys in the comic book stores that are really, again, just heroically trying to keep their heads above water right now and keep us uh, sort of comic junkies uh, supplied in the meantime. Uh, they're, they're, doing, they're doing God's work, you know. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Jared from OK Comics on next week's show, so I'm really curious to hear from him uh, from the front line. Of uh, yeah. detail, yeah, that's what, going to be very what, interesting. Yeah, that's going to be a cool conversation. So, looking forward to that. But listen, I wanted to uh, showcase Alex Automatic, and that's what we've done. Thank you so much indeed for coming on, Fraser. Uh, once again, congratulations on number one reaching your original goal. But um, let's hope for that uh, three thousand pound stretch uh, goal in a minute. Yeah, let's hope so. Thanks very much, sir. Cheers, mate. No worries. Thank you very much indeed for coming on, man. Okay, now bye bye. Excellent. Sir. Take care. So there you go. Two great guests, and uh, hopefully uh, that was a, a cracking show for you. Um, I mean, we could have gone into so much about uh, all sorts when it comes to uh, uh, Billy Tucci, uh, which, I mean, we kind of touched on, and uh, he mentioned a couple of names there, which I could have uh, could have been light blue touch paper, and I could have launched into a whole sort of stuff, but we kept it where it was, kept it on track, but there we go. Um, great to talk to Billy, great to talk to Fraser. Do go check out that um, uh, campaign. Uh, like I say, although it has reached its goal, it's well worth checking out, especially with the ability to uh, pick up the early books as well as part of the, uh, the bundles. Do check them. Uh, that's Alex Automatic on Kickstarter. For myself, Leonard, uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Once again, a quick reminder of uh, a couple of uh, the, uh, the guests that we have got coming up because my word, <laughs> I don't know what I've done to uh, manage to get these guests on the show. Uh, coming up in the next couple of uh, weeks or of the course of uh, um, uh, May. But, uh, yeah, let's just have a quick look at this, shall we? Uh, we have ourselves um, uh, a place to hang your capes, uh, David Momorowski, uh, joining us uh, next week. But he's also going to be joined by B. Dave Walters as well. He's going to be talking about his Kickstarter. 
so he's going to be coming on the show. That is going to be happening this Sunday. Wednesday, it says TBA there, but yes, confirmed. We have ourselves uh, OK Comics, uh, Jared Myland, who's going to be talking about uh, the retailers and what they've been going through in uh, terms of the pandemic. Sunday, the 10th of May, IDW uh, Publishing's Dirk Wood and Scott Dumbier. Looking forward to that conversation. It's almost going to be kind of like a trilogy, uh, the third part of the trilogy, because we've already had that chat with Paul Jenkins, who showed us that fantastic piece of artwork with uh, of big numbers. And then we talked as well to uh, IDW's uh, Chris Ryle uh, last week. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of like the third part of that. Wednesday, the 13th of May, uh, it says there with a starred pencil to be confirmed. It's only because he's moving house is whether he can actually get himself all settled into his new house. That's the plan for him. Bill Sienkiewicz will be joining us on the show. There may also be an additional special guest for that show. Yes, two for the price of one. But I think if we just got Bill, that would be just fantastic. Wednesday, the 13th of May. Wednesday, uh, Sunday, the 17th of May, it's going to be a San Diego Comic-Con special. It says Rob Southwich on the screen, but we are also going to be joined by Aaron Nabus, who's going to be coming on as well. Wednesday, the 20th of May, it's going to be Donny Cates and Megan Hutchinson. We do have a, a to be confirmed for the uh, the Sunday. To ignore the uh, dates on the, the screen, because uh, unfortunately, I could, yeah, this is where I don't now have a working copy of Photoshop with that uh, laptop going tits up. But uh, I didn't actually change, but uh, the ep episode after will be a to, to be announced. We've got ourselves a guest which may be coming on, which I think would be really excited to hear about. The Sunday, the last Sunday of the month is going to be, uh, sorry, the last Wednesday of the month is going to be Russ Burlingame from comicbook.com. And then we have ourselves a to be announced at the end of the month. Some great guests on the way, but the next one is going to be David Molofsky from A Place to Hang Your Cake and B. Dave Walters as well, joining us on Sunday, 10 o'clock Pacific, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT. Hopefully you can join us for the show. From myself, Leonard, thank you very much indeed for coming on and listening to us uh, talking to uh, Billy Tucci and Fraser Campbell. That has been Talking Con, a cup of tea with Englishman in San Diego. I'm now going to get myself a pint and uh, enjoy the rest of my evening. Take care, enjoy the rest of uh, your uh, week, and hopefully we'll see you on Sunday for our next episode. From me to you, we'll see you soon. Take care.